Welcome to the Ozone. Hello and welcome to the Ozone. I'm your host, Jeff Hazard, Assistant Director of Athletics and Sports Information Director here at SUNY Oneonta. And today I have the pleasure of welcoming into the studio Hall of Fame inductee for the class of 2021, Pat Kennedy. Welcome to the studio and welcome to the show. Hi. How are you? Thank you. Um, first of all, congratulations and welcome to our Athletic Hall of Fame. Uh, can you give us maybe your initial feeling about being a Hall of Famer? Well, it was kind of fun to go look at all of the amazing people that are up there. You took me up there yeah. a month ago, yeah, two months came ago, to yeah. came to visit, and uh, I saw some familiar faces because my ex, my husband is up there, my former husband, and his brother, yeah. and a whole bunch of the men from the uh, men's swimming team of the years when I was here, so friends, and uh, it was very interesting. In the you do an amazing job with the photography and how you turn it into copper. Yeah. I felt like I was, um, you know, being in some sort of uh, advanced programming with, with how well they're done. It yeah. definitely looked like my ex in his youth. Yeah. <laughs> now, of course, you were here from uh, 65... 66 to... I started in 65, yeah. and we left here in 67, because he was two years ahead of me, and he took a job out in California teaching. Um, we came back to New York in 68, and he ended up teaching here at the campus school for kids yeah. in 68. No, 69, and I graduated finally in 71 with some years from Oneonta, some years from Dutchess Community College, New Pulse, back to Oneonta again, and got out of here in 71. Awesome, and we're glad you came back. Thank you. <laughs> um, so the early years, now when you first got to campus, uh, that first year in the pool for you was quite a a whirlwind tour. I mean, it you, was. at one time you held a national record. Uh, I what, did. 25-yard freestyle? Yeah, back when it was being swum. So I got to yeah. hold it for quite a long time because eventually they stopped swimming it. Yeah. So yeah. that was and, good. And then you uh, you were top individual finisher at the state meet and you were the most outstanding swimmer. Um, you know, so that, talk about that first year and maybe uh, how you found Oneonta because we were just talking off camera here about how you found Oneonta and and maybe that first two years of, of being in our program. Well, uh, we're talking the 60s here. So as I said to Jeff, you know, the November of 63, I would have been a high school junior then, and that's when JFK was assassinated. So placing ourselves a little bit in history, but it's also the time um, I'm practicing. I'm in a the oldest of a very big family. I've got seven brothers and sisters. Everybody's swimming because my parents said, you are all going to have the same sport because we're not taking some of you to football and some of you to tennis and some of you to ba We're all going to the same place. Yeah. So we're all swimming and all of us competing. And the worst kind of competition for me was when I had to swim against my younger sisters. That was, you know, in the bathroom throwing up kind of thing. Um, I went down to Florida, uh, winter of 63, and I met Don Ball, who was, had taken the men's team from Oneonta down there. Um, National Swimming Hall of Fame had just opened either that year or the year before. 
and they were very, very nice people, real welcoming. And so I, that's the year I'm thinking, where am I going to apply to college? And my folks had said, if you, wherever you go, you're oldest of eight kids, you're going to have scholarships because we're not making out big checks. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and my dad was the first person in his family to graduate from college. My mom's family was a little bit different. Her family um, were educators. My paternal grandfather was principal of Brooklyn High School of Automotive Trades. He had been a airline pilot repair person during World War One, and came wow. back and then did cars in the 1920s and 30s. Um, got a law degree, actually, but ended up teaching in a high school. And uh, so, uh, yes, you're going to go to college, but you've got to earn your way there. You're a smart kid, and you're going to, let's do this swimming thing. That's working well. But in those days, women swimming, yeah. very little of it. So I'm meeting these people from Oneonta, but in the meantime, I'm thinking, oh, well, you're getting pretty good. What about the Olympics? There's a women's events in the Olympics. You're not going to make 64. You're not good enough yet, but maybe 68. And I applied to some top schools, Vassar, because that was in Poughkeepsie where I lived, um, Boston University, they had a great journalism department, Oneonta, all the several state schools, and um, that summer of 64, I go to a big meet in uh, Norwich near here, and I meet the men's team again, and Don Ball, and he says, yeah, I'm buying this house in town, and there'll be a place for young women, it's going to only be young women, there'll be a place for people to stay, and you know, you could work out with the men's team if you want to go to the Olympics, if you're serious. And I'll talk to Coach Lee Abbott, you know, maybe you could, you know, you'll race with them and you'll practice with us. It's like, wow. So I do get into Vassar and I do get into Boston University. I also get into Oneonta and that's like absolutely the best deal. And, uh, you know, I thought I might get good enough. I didn't get good enough, but I did have a very successful year here and people were really kind and um, you know that was a kind of unique thing yeah, yeah I want to toot the horn for Oneonta because you know most people would have said oh why didn't you go to Vassar Vassar's pool was like a mi was a million years old and it was very small and maybe they had six girls girls in those days yeah. only <laughs> on their team and that wasn't how it was here the state university system was supporting women's athletics, yes. and they were calling it women's athletics. Yeah. Um, and it was a whole different thing. And Oneana supported it probably quite longer than most of the other schools in our system. Yeah. I mean, we had teams for everything, and that was really kind of when you got here, the ball there was rolling. I mean, we had basketball and field hockey and, I mean, sports that people were like, okay, you know, do we do this? And so you were yeah. really in. And we weren't holding bake sales in order right. to be able to have <laughs> bathing suits and right. the right kind of bathing suits and jackets and stuff. So, right. yeah, it was very well supported. And the two coaches that I dealt with, Don Ball and um, Lee Abbott, were amazing people, just yeah. amazing people. And they're so. both in our Hall of Fame because of that. I mean, the success they had here, and of course, uh, Lee was an Olympic 
kayaking coach for two Olympiads, and which again broke ground. She was the first female ever to coach a male sport in the Olympics. So, your role models. Are and I gotta good. say, the the kayaking. I keep talking about that. You know, there wasn't a kayaking team when I was here, but she taught me how to kayak my second year here. In those days, it was a very long, very skinny wooden kayak that you had to have like skinny little hips to get yourself into. <laughs> and um, they were long. And they were the, none of these plastic things that you see around now. Um, and I loved kayaking. And I still kayak. I have I've whittled my uh, fleet yes. down to only <laughs> four. And I've been taking whitewater kayaking classes at Clark Gym uh, uh, okay. on Wednesday nights yeah. in Cooperstown. So I'm getting ready to do that for the summer. Wow. Um, so yeah, she started me on kayaking. And when I, people ask me, well, where did you learn to kayak? I said, Oneonta State in 1966. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Another lifetime activity. I mean, when we talk about swimming and kayaking and canoeing and golfing and all these lifetime activities, you know, some people sometimes overlook them. It's like, oh, I don't want to swim, but, you know, it's just an incredible activity. And she, she was very, um, you can do this. Yeah. That was her, that was definitely her message to young women. Yeah. That, yeah, you know, okay, you never tried it before, but you can do this. Yeah. Get in there. Awesome. I'm here. I'll help you. Yeah. You can do this. Yeah. Um, um, so, uh, 71, you finally get your degree from Oneonta, and uh, just to let people know, I mean, when you sent me information about yourself so that I could try and whittle it down to a, yeah, something. Yeah, sorry about that. Well, no, but I'm telling you, I went through that, that resume vita, and it was incredible, uh, amazing. Uh, what an accomplished career you've had as an educator. Uh, you're also in law. Um, can you give us maybe the Cliff Notes version of, of how you came to be where you are right now, certainly retired now as an educator in communications? Yeah, I can, I can try to do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, in the 60s, young women like me, we were being called girls then, would not have been pushed into careers like doctoring, lawyering, or into the military. I mean, looking backwards, I think I would have been great in the Navy. Right. If anybody, that's what my father, my father went into the Navy. Um, but not. Women of my generation were being told, you'll get a teaching degree. Because yeah. like if something happened to your husband, you'll be able to go to work and support the children. Right. That husband that you're certainly going to have. Right. Um, okay, so I do get my degree. Uh, I, end, uh, it, I end up that um, the husband I acquire <laughs> when I'm here at um, Oneonta, we end up breaking up. We, you know, we were in love at the time, but we were pretty young, and we realized that you know, we weren't going to make it to the end of the trail together. And right. both of us have ended up with some people who are way better for us, and I've been with the husband I'm with now for almost 50 years. Wow. So, and Good he's. For you similarly for him so you know it was a better decision for all concerned I think um, I loved education I loved going to school I like climbing up the learning curve and getting something new so 
after we broke up, I ended up a number of places, but eventually in Ithaca, New York. Ithaca College, Cornell University, it's a college town. I've got my bachelor's degree from Oneonta in English literature. I go to apply to the English, I want to get a master's in, in, in English at Cornell, and they say to me, I'm sorry, we don't do a terminal master's degree. You'll have to apply to the doctoral program, and if you flunk out, you get a master's. <laughs> and then I <laughs> take a, what everybody else in Ithaca does, I take a waitressing job, where with a bachelor's degree, I am the least educated person on the staff. Oh, geez. <laughs> so um, eventually I take a whole bunch of tests uh, for a civil service job because I've got, at this point now, three little kids. And um, I need health insurance for right. three little kids. So government job, right? Right. Um, I take one to be a water plant technician trainee. I get first on that. My dad was a mechanical engineer. Uh, but I'm a woman. Oh, geez. You know, so we can't have the girl at the water plant at night at that job, right? <laughs> Plus, anyway. Um, so eventually, I end up working at a job at a mental health facility for people who have uh, been discharged from all the big facilities that are all over the state of New York. Remember, there was this big let yeah. Let's get everybody out of the developmental disability centers, the psychiatric centers. Let's, you know, we'll put them back in the communities right. after they've been there for 50 years yeah. and have no skills. So this was a place to help people fit in. Stop wearing polyester pants and buy them some blue jeans. Yeah. You know, uh, teach them how to have a bank account, um, that kind of thing. Yeah. I did that for three years and I got people food stamps, better housing, better medication, that kind of stuff. And people said, you should be a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, oh, I got three little kids. I can't afford that. I can't do that. And um, one of my friends came and she handed me the LSAT exam. And she said, look, just take the test. You know, just take the test. And let's see what happens. So I took the test. And I applied to a couple of schools. And I got into Syracuse <laughs> University. And um, wow. I, they gave me money. And I went to Syracuse University Law School when my kids were uh, like six, seven, eight. They became child witnesses in the trial practice <laughs> program. Um, my second, I had bought a house by then. I had my second husband also. He said, you're having way too much fun. I'm going back to school too. So we all went up to Syracuse University, and I got a job um, in the housing department there, and they gave us free housing. And uh, I got my law degree, and then I practiced in Buffalo for a while, and everybody said, we want to go back to Ithaca. Went back to Ithaca, practiced law there, but always kept taking teaching gigs, too. Yeah. Okay. Taught at Ithaca College, business law. Taught at Cornell, land use law taught at my alma mater, Syracuse University, trial practice, and ended up as a city attorney's office in Ithaca and um, helping the people in the building department learn how to do that, helping the people in the planning department, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, you know what? I like this, the teaching aspect of law, better than anything else. 
I want to go back to school again. <laughs> so I applied to a couple of PhD programs because if you want to teach in a college, although a law degree is a doctoral degree, yeah, yeah. in many universities it's considered a second class doctoral degree. Okay. So I don't want to be the second class citizen. <laughs> so I'll apply, see what happens. And so I got into Syracuse again. I went up, I interviewed. I got in. Oh, they take five students every year. Wow. So by then, my kids were grown up. I had been being a lawyer for 20 years. And uh, I was the oldest kid in my class at 50. And I got my PhD, and then I started applying around. <laughs> and I liked being at state schools. I loved the education that this school gave me. So that's the kind of schools I was applying to. And I ended up in the Pennsylvania state system, not the New York state system. Okay. And I taught there first in Clarion, which is way out west in Pennsylvania, yeah. and then in East Stroudsburg University, wow. where one of my brothers, it turns out, got his master's from. Oh, there you go. So. And there you are. And here I am. Yes. I mean, that is amazing. Um, so where do you think Oneana fits into this big picture? I mean, certainly your education here, and you know, maybe you can just talk about how Oneonta really maybe gave you the foundation for, for what you went on to accomplish? Well, you know, when I said earlier that in this interview, um, Lee Abbott said, you never tried it before, we'll go ahead and do it. That was the message I got from a lot of the faculty. You never did this before? Go ahead, do it. Yeah. Try it. Let's see. If it doesn't work out, you can try it again. And I think that was a bit of my model for teaching, too, which sometimes got me in some trouble. Because I didn't think you, know, you automatically jumped the hurdle the first time right. super well. I didn't think that you would automatically break a record the first time you went out there, right? right. So I always designed my college classes so that if the students didn't get a good grade on the first test, and a lot of these kids that go to schools like Oneonta are first generation yeah. in their, or in the schools I was teaching, first right. generation, their family in college, don't always get that A, their parents would like them to get the first time out. And I would say, okay, so you got to see on this test. You come meet with me. We talk one-on-one -on -one about what the problem was. I designed something for you to do based on what you didn't understand the first time around. You do that thing. I will raise your grade by one letter grade if you do it right. Okay, so now the C becomes a B. Because it's not about did you get a C, it's about you can do this thing. Right. Let's do it. Right, right, right. And not everybody has the advantage of having a mom like I did who brought home all kinds of tests and said, okay, sit down here, we're going to practice how to take a test over the dining room table. Your grandfather sent us home all these tests, that the principal. <laughs> we'll all practice on how to take tests here. Yep. You know, so wow. that is not available to every family. No, it's not. And so... I figured it's a good educator's job if a kid didn't learn how to do that and they're supposed to learn some skill set out of the class you're teaching them, yeah. well help them learn the skill set. Help them learn how to jump over the 
fence or the do the dive or right. swim the length of the pool. Yeah. And I think Oni Anta, at least when I was going here, that was a lot of the message because I think a lot of the other students in my class didn't have parents who had any college education. Right. They were first ones in their family going to college. And the attitude of the faculty that I was exposed to, by and large, was, you can do this. Right. Let's figure out how to do it. Right. Um, so uh, some of your teammates, uh, do you remember who and you know, maybe point to some of them that you thought maybe were important to your growth uh, throughout the process? Well, it's interesting that you say that because I did go to an event uh, a few years ago. I think it was when the men's swimming team might have all been admitted to the Hall of Fame. And there were a bunch okay. of other women from the years that I was swimming. Right. Now, I really was only swimming for mostly the first year. And then I had a baby in <laughs> my second year in school. So I was, after that, working, kids, yep. officiating at swimming meets, okay. occasionally competing. Um, but so the people I was swimming with the most were the men. And so then we get back to Ron Megan, my ex-husband, and Ted Bears, his former roommate. Yeah. Um, I'm suffering brain damage on the last names of some of the women on the team, but there, Ted Bears had a girlfriend named Jeannie, who I did see, and she was a wonderful, wonderful, sweet young woman. She was the kind of person who, if you were really sick, she'd be bringing you cookies and sitting there and making sure that, you know, you weren't alone by yourself. I mean, there were a lot of really funny and sweet people that I swam with. And many of the women who were on the swimming team that year, they had not been swimmers. They knew how to swim, but they, some, I don't know if Lee Abbott dragged them into it or whether some of them said, oh, you know how to swim, come on. Yeah. This swimming team, it's okay. It, there was an attitude that, so you're not great at this, you can do it anyway. It was a, and I wasn't practicing with them. So that's a different kind of thing, which, you know, maybe that makes me, oh, man, here she comes again. You know, she's practicing with the boys, yeah, yeah. and now she's going to... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank God Pat's here, because she's going to swim that last leg of the relay and bring us in right, faster. Right, right. You know, so sometimes it was that. Yeah. Um, so any, um, are there one or two like what you would consider like really special memories of your time here, uh, whether it was with your team or, you know, like you said, I mean, certainly Lee Abbott and some of the, did, did you know any of the other faculty members or coaches in the phys ed department? Uh, back that time, it would have been like people like Jim Baker, Al Sosa, Cal Bazina. I probably knew who they all were right. at the time. But these two people stand out enormously, right. you know, and I think I told you this before we had the interview. 
I did have a baby in uh, at the midterm break, very conveniently, of my second year, but I still managed to take 12 credit hours in the spring, so I was a full student. And so was Ron Megan, my husband, and the way we did it is he went to class in the morning, I went to class in the afternoon and evening. And this is where Oneonta comes in again. They let me take graduate classes, even though I was a sophomore, wow. because my grades had been good, and I said, hey, I have a baby, can I please take these graduate classes? Um, and they let me. Don Ball let us do the trade-off of the baby in his office, <laughs> our daughter Carrie. Uh. And <laughs> okay, so you know, I'm nursing her in his office in the bathroom. You know, that is not your normal faculty person. Right. That's somebody who's got a heart yep. bigger than. Yeah. Yeah, they all were. I mean, there's some great. I mean, Corky Lynch, Gar Stam. I mean, all of them. They're so beloved by the student athletes that they had on their teams. I mean, uh, Don Axtell, uh, another one. I mean, when you when athletes from that time like yourself come back and just talk about them, they just like it's just like they were still here yesterday. They it, the memories come back and and they're all special and they just attribute anything that they have accomplished in their lives to these individuals. And you you know you say the power of a coach. And an influence of a coach, you know what I mean? I mean, we, you're, I would say out of the this year's Hall of Fame class, uh, we probably say that, that I would compare you to probably one that would say that most influence of, of all uh, to be able to accomplish the things that you've accomplished. I mean, I just, it, again, it's just amazing. And, and What you're talking about does remind me of something in the heartwarming, um, amazingly, beneficent efforts. My husband Ron and I and the baby are living in this very tiny little trailer on the shores of Goodyear Lake on, <laughs> where <Yeah. laughs> wind's blowing. You know, it's, a, it's like a little tiny Gulf Stream trailer with a little attached bedroom to the edge of it. And we're up the lake from Lee Abbott, who has a house yeah. on the lake too. And she knows we're scraping by, you know. And she says to me, oh, you're such a good writer. Here, I'm trying to publish these darn papers, and I'm not a really good writer. Because I think at the time, she didn't have a doctoral degree, and she was really trying right. very hard to get it and get, publish or perish, even in yeah. those days. Yeah. And so she would pay me to edit her papers. Now, she didn't have to do that. Yeah. She yeah. was doing that because she's a gracious person. Right, right. Um, so was a gracious person. Yeah, um, just uh, I mean that time in our college's history is really a time of growth and a lot of amazing individuals, like you said, faculty members. I mean, you know, we have a lot of great people on this campus now that I think, uh, you know, are, I guess you'd say almost are like the people you know back then. The things they care about, the college, and, and the way we're going. Um, you know, at least I found that in my 23 years here. So I've been here for long. I didn't think I was going to stay long, but uh, just the people here on this campus and, and the campus itself and what they stand for in the community itself has just been, you know, the reason why my wife and I raised two kids here, <laughs> two boys uh, who went on to college and are doing some great things themselves. So I'm trying to persuade my grandson from Brooklyn 
I believe he's applying here, but I don't know if he's going, you know, where he will go because he's a Brooklyn kid. And yeah. so, you know, he's going, well, I'll purchase. So oh, he's, you know, so, you know, oh, that's upstate. But, you know, he's been coming to visit me in the country <laughs> since he was a baby. Right. You right. know, and he kayaks and he, you know, he, he's a very outdoorsy type. But I don't know. We'll see if he'll, you know, reach out to the upstate New York yeah, yeah. ethos. Yeah. Um, so as we kind of get close here to our finishing, uh, do you have anybody besides Don and, and, and Lee that you'd like to thank? I wish I could remember more names because as I said, there were people who let me take those graduate classes in English, especially that was my major at the time. It didn't have to do that. Right. And um, in the spring of my freshman year, I got into a, pro a program that would have, if I had accepted it, it would have gone to Germany. Würzburg, we had a deal oh, okay. exchange with program an exchange program. Yeah. And so my German teacher at the time, and I apologize, I should have looked his name up before I came, because I did not do that well in my first year in German here, because my high school languages were Latin and French, okay. um, <laughs> not German. But I thought, oh, German, that's pretty interesting. I ought to learn that. Um, I didn't do that well in German. In the, but by spring, I was starting. The, he, he had organized... Um, Matt the Knife, a musical oh, all geez. in German, <laughs> which was just way more fun than anything wow. else. And I'm sure he must have said something nice because, um, you know, and said, okay, well, she didn't get the first semester. Now she's coming along. Okay, she ought to be accepted in this program. Um, you know, so it was little things like that where she didn't make the jump the first time. Right. Now she's getting it. Right. It's it's that it was that attitude, and I'm I'm sorry I just don't remember his name. Um, yeah, I took a class in old English from a professor whose name also escapes me, you know, like Beowulf or Chaucer, okay. where you would read it in oh, yeah. the pronunciation of the time. Yeah. Um, and he had taught at West Point. And he told us this story about, you know, because he knew all these languages, they hired him at West Point, but the French that he knew was like, you know, 14th century French. <laughs> so it wasn't going to be all that helpful at West Point. Right. So he was a very funny guy. And I ran into him when I was waitressing in Ithaca. And he said, oh, you've got to go back to school. Come back to school again. You know, so that people who had been good to me, and I'm sure to other students as well, um, really wanted you to do well and made that clear and revealed a lot about their lives 
right. when they didn't have to. Right. So I think I think that's important as an educator to let your students know that you are not snotty. Yeah. That the fact that, like me, you managed to get two doctoral degrees, yeah. <laughs> uh, clawing your way to the finish line, yeah. um, that you can do it, that I could say to young women who got pregnant during high school, college, it's okay, okay, how can, let's work out how you could do this. You, right. you know, I did it, you could do it, there must be a way to make this work. Um, and <laughs> in most of the classes I taught, the first thing I would do was hand out a syllabus. I don't know if you, they'd still do it, yeah. paper syllabi these yeah. days, because <laughs> I retired four years ago. And so there's the electronic version and the paper version. I hand it out in class, give them a little wrap, and then I say, okay, you're going to sit and read for a while. Get out your pen. If you find a mistake on this syllabus, get your hand in the air. I'm going to start awarding credits right now. You get 0.25 for every, toward your final grade, for every mistake of your, if I missed a space, if I put the wrong spelling, whatever. You catch me, get your hand in the air. Because I wanted them to know, you make a mistake, we're all in this together. Editing is an important part of every, we do edit. It's supposed to be important, even though whatever subject you're doing. Right. And your teacher is not God. She's in it with you. Right, you know? right. She's Cooperation, collaborative effort. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, certainly I got that from swimming, that that's the kind of coaching mm -hmm. I got, and that's the kind of coaching and education I think I got, and that's the kind I wanted to right. pass along. Right. And a lot of it came from here. Oh. And I tell you, we are certainly proud of all your accomplishments. And again, I can't say thank you enough for coming by today. This has certainly been an enjoyable discussion and a talk with someone who uh, has accomplished so much in their lives. And uh, again, we just want to, I, I personally and, and the Hall of Fame committee just want to congratulate you on, on being into our, you know, being inducted into our Athletic Hall of Fame. So. Thank you very much for the coming The pandemic today. shake, That's right? That's right. I know, I know. We've worked our way through this, hopefully someday, and right? We measured. We're six feet apart yep, now, yep. So the, and our we producer. wore our masks into here, guys. That's I want right. you all to know. <laughs> um, so I, I end my shows with some fun things. I ask five quick-hitting questions. I just want you to come up with the first thing that comes to your mind. I'll give it a try. All right. Uh, so first question, what's your favorite meal? Fish. Fish. Any kind of fish? Fresh fish. Fresh fish. My brother-in-law fishes, and he catches all kinds of things. Fresh fish. Okay. Yes. Uh, I've become a big salmon fan myself. Blackfish was the last one. He okay. turned it into something that he served over pasta wow. with a wine and butter and garlic sauce. Wow, he's also a cook. He is. Very <laughs> good. So that was dynamite yeah. tasting. little uh, French bread. Jeez. Wow, we should all go to his house for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite movie? Oh, I love the Lord of the Rings series. I, I reread the book. Wow. Uh, pretty much every Christmas. 
because I find that unlike now, good and evil is a little bit more obvious in those books. Plus, the lyricism of the language is fantastic. Right. Um, our, our former uh, head athletic trainer here, Tom Benoit, was a huge uh, fan of that. I mean, and he would do the exact same thing. He would reread those books. He was an English major in college, became an athletic trainer. Uh, but uh, he's uh, tremendous. He, but he always used to read those books. He used to tell me all the time. All, we'd be out running. He'd be telling me all this stuff. <laughs> he's so it's that. funny. When, we when I was interviewed at the, my last job at East Strasburg University, your favorite book is one of the questions that the faculty asks everybody. Okay, so they yeah. asked me. I said that. They all looked at me like, what? Because people usually answer something in, you know, communication studies yeah. field. Yeah. You know, they want to pull out. Trendy stuff. Either they want to show cutting edge or they yeah, want to show yeah. they know the, you know, the, the gospels, <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Yeah. But they hired me anyway. Good for you. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite genre of music? Jazz. Jazz, good choice. Blue, blue slow, yeah. not too... Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, who's your favorite athlete all time? Mm-hmm. I don't think I have a favorite athlete all time. I really don't. I am very proud of a lot of the stances that, for instance, the women's soccer teams have been taking okay. as they've been trying to get equal yep. pay with men. Yeah. I was quite proud of the things that some of the women tennis players have been yeah. saying about the pressures and we're just not going to put up with this stuff. And the women gymnasts who've yeah. been saying, you know, hey, we've been abused for a really... So it's not a particular person. Right. It's like the trend in women, especially athletics, to say, you know what? we shouldn't be treated this way. Right. So it's not necessarily a particular person. And I didn't experience that as an athlete. Right. I did get that as an employee in certain places, but I didn't have as an athlete. And good f um, we're glad because it's been, you know, when you hear about those things, it's just tragic that that stuff goes on. And that it's still going on. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, the last question, place you would most like to visit. There's a lot of places I would like to visit, um, as people would say, on their bucket list, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one of my former colleagues at Clarion introduced me to Newfoundland. And I went there maybe eight years ago. Wow. Um, and I loved it, and I would go back in a moment. Um, when you go to Newfoundland, you take a ferry or fly. Um, I flew into St. John's, which is on the far eastern side, or backwards, farthest east toward Europe side of Newfoundland. And um, 
you know, they're finding all these old Viking sites. It's a place that's not really all that developed yet. It, the sea is amazing. Um, we went kayaking. My brother-in-law got chased by a whale. I have a, <laughs> you know, I, I should have opened this whole thing by saying I'm a water girl. Yeah, whatever the water yes, is, whatever yes. kind of water is, that's, that's what I want to be. So, wow. the f where I would want to go, it would have to have some water. Oh yes, <laughs> most definitely. Well, uh, well, again, thank you very much for coming by today. We know you've you're just up the road here in Cooperstown, so we kind of lucked out a little bit to where you relocated, and um, once again. You know, we're looking forward to having you back on campus again and you know, for you. some other things with maybe our swimming and diving team of today uh, with Coach Schuler, and also in June when we actually have the real reception and unveil those plaques and, and really welcome you to the Hall of Fame. Well, that sounds like fun. All Jeff, right. it's been a delight meeting yes. you. Thank you so much. All right, well, thank you. And I want to thank you again for joining us on the show. And as always, you can watch it on our YouTube channel and you can also download it on your smart devices as a podcast. And, uh, you know, we're going to start posting these in sometime our Hall of Fame inductee interviews uh, sometime in January. So once again, I'd like to thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time on the Ozone.